0: Word of God and by meditating on the Word of God, and today's a very exciting day because we're going to be starting our Advent series. Advent is when we prepare for the coming of the Lord in Christmas, and one thing we do here as a tradition at Imago, yeah, in case you need a Bible or a notepad or, or notes and, or pencils, we have all that in the back, um, but one thing we do here at Imago every single week is we take an opportunity uh, every year to actually prepare for Advent through what's called the Advent Candles. And in the Advent Candles, we have um, several of them. And uh, they are actually, uh, they all have a symbol. They all have a meaning, especially as we prepare for the coming of the Lord. And the first candle today that we're going to be lighting here, this is a candle that actually symbolizes hope. It symbolizes hope in this season because Christmas, the Christmas season, brings hope into the world. This candle is sometimes called the prophecy candle because it actually remembers all of the prophets, all of the ones who came before Jesus, before the actual promise of God, and they believed. They believed even without seeing So this candle of hope reminds us that we have hope even when we don't see. We think of particularly the prophets in the Bible, but especially of the prophet Isaiah, the one who actually foretold the birth of Christ years and years before Jesus even came to earth. This candle of hope actually represents for us expectation that in this Christmas season we can expect great things from God. Even when we don't immediately see it, even when we don't feel it, this candle of hope reminds us that we're anticipating something good, something big from God, the coming of our Lord, the coming of the Messiah. So as we take an opportunity now, we're just going to take a moment to Reflect and to uh, pray. And I want you to take this moment to pray into hope. As this candle of hope is lit, it's reminding us that no matter what we're experiencing, no matter what we've gone through or what we're coming in with this morning, we have hope. So let's take an opportunity right where we are, just as we are, to. to come before the Lord and to pray over hope. Maybe there's an area of your life where you feel hopeless, and this can be an opportunity for you to lift that up to God. So I'm going to give us some time here, some time of meditation, some time of focus, some time of reflection, as you reflect and pray on hope this candle of hope. I'm believing even without seeing. Let's pray. Then I'll bring us back together. Thank you, Jesus, because with you we always have hope. We are never alone. We think, Lord, of that first Christmas when you came, when your people had been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, generation after generation, year after year. And, Lord, still they held on to hope, They trusted without knowing. They believed without seeing. And Lord, in this Christmas season, you call us to do the same in this time. So God, I just pray, we can't do it on our own, but Lord, would you give us faith to trust you, to hope in you. It's okay if we've felt times of hopelessness, Lord God but our feelings are not always the facts. The fact is, Lord, that there is a living hope that comes in the most unexpected way in this Christmas season. Lord, prepare our hearts, prepare our minds to receive you, our Lord and King Jesus, in this Christmas time. We love you, Lord, and we pray all of this in your faithful name. Amen. Amen, and I want us to be reflecting on this. This is the week of hope, candle of hope. Next week, we'll be reflecting on faith, Then the week after that, on joy. So, and then the final week will be the candle of peace on the 18th. All the pillars, all the core parts of this Christmas season. Well, I'm so glad that our brother Danny caught us all up on our announcements for uh, this season. Uh, Please go ahead and mark them down. Um, We are excited. Immediately after service, we're going to be decorating here uh, at the the church. We're going to put up our Christmas tree and put up some lights so we have some hot cocoa and some snacks. So stick around a few minutes and we'll all take part in uh, doing that, in bringing in the Christmas season together here at Imago Church. And uh, imago means that we're created in the image of God and that our identity is in the image of God and our purpose is in the image of Christ. So especially if this is your first time here, we give you a very warm welcome and we'd love to get to know you better. Let us know how we can pray for you and how we can be of service for you you also during this time. So today's scripture reading is uh, our first in our preparation for Christmas and it may be not your typical Christmas reading. And these next four weeks, we're actually gonna be in a series called Christmas Lenses, where we're gonna be understanding Christmas through different lenses, through different perspectives. Most of the time when we think of Christmas, we actually think of the passages in uh, the Gospel of Matthew or in the Gospel of Luke, where we actually hear about the entire birth of Jesus, With the shepherds and the angels and joseph and mary but the christmas story actually impacts and influences every other part of the bible as well and so today we're going to be looking at a a passage that's very well known to all but we're going to be looking at it with a fresh new lens through the christmas lens so let's go ahead and open up to the gospel of john chapter 3 verse 16, which is probably the most famous verse in the entire Bible. People that have grown up in church know about it. People that have never stepped foot in church have heard about it as well. It's often in uh, big uh, group uh, in, in big uh, stadiums and in sports events or big gatherings. Someone oftentimes has this verse, and sometimes it's within context, sometimes out of context. But today we're going to be understanding this passage from the lens of Christmas. So if you can open up your Bibles to John 3.16, and we're going to read from 3.16 to 3.21. And I'm going to go ahead and read it for us in English, but you can follow along in Spanish or your heart language. Uh, Whether you're here in person or worshiping from home, you can follow along with this. John 3.16 to twenty one. Let's go ahead and read now with open ears and open hearts from the Word of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead. People love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. Amen. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Vamos orar. God, we thank you Because you are the God of all seasons. You are the God of seasons of challenge. You are the God of seasons of pain. And you are the God of this season of hope, joy, and waiting, Lord. Thank you, God, that in this time we get to reflect, we get to meditate, we get to prepare our hearts for your coming, God. You came into this world to save us in order to bring us back to yourself. And Lord, I pray that that would be the message that all of us understand, whether we're here in person or online or everywhere around the world, God, that in this Christmas, Lord, you came to do something that changes everything, Lord. You came into the world to draw us back to yourself. Through your humble presence, even in the form of a baby, God, you began the eternal work of salvation, for all people, in all times, in all places. Today, God, amaze us, we pray. Amaze us with this truth, this story, Lord, that sometimes we've just domesticated or distracted ourselves from, Lord, but speak to us in a fresh and new way this morning, Lord, through this amazing truth, by this story where you do extraordinary miracles through ordinary people. Give us a new lens. A Jesus lens in this time of Christmas, Lord. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. So as I mentioned, we're going to be in this series over the next four weeks that we're calling Christmas Lenses, where we're understanding the Christmas story from different perspectives and different lenses Sometimes we, during this Christmas time, we can just read the Christmas story where Jesus was born um, and where they're in the manger and all of those events, and we can just check it off as a holiday to-do list. But have we really paused to think about what actually is the meaning of Christmas? What is the point? What is the purpose? As we read the scriptures, we see that it's actually a really, really, really big deal, In fact, it's what the story of salvation and redemption all seems to be pointing to. And so we're looking at the different lenses of Christmas. Other scriptures that will help us understand what Christmas is all about. I pray that in this time you would pray the same. That God would give you a new view, a new perspective of Christmas so that you would be able to make sense of what has been called the greatest story ever told. It's been told from one generation to another generation to another. It's being told to us in this generation. Our responsibility is to receive it and pass it on to the next generation and the next. So pray that in this time, God would give you a new perspective on Christmas. What we see in the Christmas story is that really God works through the messiness of human life. It's pretty funny because when we think about Christmas, we like to tidy everything up and make it look nice and pretty. But God didn't enter into a pretty situation. God actually entered into a very messy situation. God didn't enter into a very crystal clear situation. He actually entered into a very mysterious and challenging situation. Those who seem like they have no value in the world are actually the ones who God uses in this story of Christmas. God uses ordinary folks like you and me for extraordinary purposes. God can still use you in your ordinariness for extraordinary purposes. That's part of the Christmas story. The story of Christmas is the story of Emmanuel, God with us, where God comes down to the challenges, to the messiness and the ugliness of human life and human experiences, and he shows up. God doesn't run away from it. He actually steps into our story. In John 3.16, it's been called the summary of the Bible, the summary of the gospel. Some of you know it by heart in English and in Spanish. It was one of the first verses that I ever learned as a young child. And I love how even our children and children in worship, they're learning different verses as well that they can hold on to for the rest of their lives. In John 3:16 it tells us for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. We see the story of how God entered into the world through Jesus Christ, the one true God, the one the one who created us in his image, the one who made us for himself. So this event OF GOD ENTERING INTO THE WORLD, ENTERING INTO THE HUMAN EXPERIENCE IS ACTUALLY CALLED THE INCARNATION, BIG WORD. BUT THE INCARNATION ACTUALLY MEANS THAT GOD BECAME HUMAN IN JESUS CHRIST that he entered into our story. God shows up, he takes initiative. The God that we worship is not passive. He actually takes action to save us and to restore us and to bring back the connection with him that was once lost. That's what John 3.16 is pointing to. Yes, Christmas is a fun holiday, very special throughout history and throughout the world, But Christmas actually points to a huge event in the story of salvation. It's one of the turning points in the whole story of God saving humanity. One of the key points where if you you actually want the footnotes on God's story of salvation, right? The Old Testament is the, the promises of God. The New Testament is the fulfillment of God's promises and really the story of salvation in the New Testament is really this. He came, he died, he rose again. So Christmas is he came. He died, that's Good Friday. He rose again, that's Easter. So those are the footnotes on God's story of salvation. And he came in the form of a child. Through the incarnation, he shows up, God with us, that is one of the absolute key milestones in, m- milestones in God's story of salvation. We actually can't overestimate how important Christmas is because Christmas points to this event of God showing up, of God coming down to us. We couldn't get to him, but instead in his grace, in his goodness, he comes down to us. And the faith that we hold on to is actually a a faith that believes this, that believes that God has done something to free us, to free us from all guilt, to free us from all shame, to free us from everything that's holding us back, especially the bondage of guilt and death. In our faith, in our Christian faith, in the gospel, it actually affirms that this, this event of Emmanuel, of God with us, is actually very specific and very particular. We believe that Jesus came to us, why? Because God so loved the world. Now what we believe is either really completely insane or it finds its truth in those simple words that God so loved the world, he so loved you, he so loved me, he so loved us, that he sent his only begotten son, that he showed up, he encountered us, he came to us in Jesus Christ. Again, the most important and significant date in history. Many of you know that it's even the year 2022, whether you count AD or or, um, uh, or ACE or whatever it is, right? Um the date 2022 is actually in reference to when Jesus Christ was born. It's actually 2000, approximately, uh, probably a little bit more, just two or three years more, but approximately 2,022 years after Jesus entered human history today. And this gospel event of God showing up, the incarnation, Emmanuel, God with us, this John three sixteen moment, that God so loved the world that he entered, that that he sent his only begotten son, that's either, again, complete madness, or it can find its truth in those simple few words that God actually loves us unconditionally, that he came into our story, he showed up in order to restore us, to redeem us. So to believe this good news of Christmas is to believe that we can actually now know God and truly connect with God only because God first reached out to us. He came to us to connect with us. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. He first came to us through Jesus Christ. God showed up. Emmanuel, God with us. Christmas, in many ways, is like a beautiful collision. You know, sometimes when you see a collision on the road, you can't help but look. It's just there. It's, 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 it's messy, but it's somehow interesting in some way. Christmas also marks a beautiful collision of heaven and earth, of time and eternity, all just kind of colliding together. So that's why every single year we go back to this story over and over and over again. God is with us, and as we place our trust in him, God shows up in us, and we are empowered by God to do the same, to show up for others, to show up in difficult times. That's part of the Christmas message. Here the Apostle John is pointing to this giant story that's bigger than him or bigger than just one family or just one story. God has been at work throughout history and it's leading up to this moment, this moment of Christmas miracle, of God actually restoring all things, of entering into the messiness of human life. The connection that we're seeing here from the first Christmas Is something we can actually relate to even today in 2022. God is still up to something. God is still up to something significant and unexpected and new in our lives. God doesn't change. Just like we read in this passage, sometimes we can read these passages and think of them just in past tense, right? We can think, oh, well, God so loved the world then, but this remains true today. It's not only God so loved the world, but today God so loves the world. God so loves the world that he gives his only begotten son. God's promises continue. Just as they were then, they are today. For God so loved the world that he gives his one and only son, to put this in present tense, that whoever believes in him, even today, will not perish, but have eternal life. Wow. The Christmas message reminds us that God is up to something. God is up to something miraculous for his people once again, even now. The Christmas miracle was true then, and it continues to be true today for you and for me. God has done things, done great things before. That's what we're reminded of every single Christmas. What does that mean? Since he's done it before, he will do it again. God will do great things again. That is the God that we worship. And I want us all to actually in this time, as we're reflecting on Christmas from a different lens, in John 3.16, I want us to remember just as important the following verse after John 3.16, which is John 3.17. Oftentimes we just read or quote or or argue or whatever it may be or memorize or recite uh, John 3:16 but 3:17 is directly connected to 316 and it's good news also it's part of the gift of God in this Christmas season it's a it's a message of hope and it says this we we've all read John 3:16 before but if we put up uh, 316 and 17 once again, Um, We all know, uh, 16, that God so loved the world that those whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And then verse 17 is part of the Christmas message and good news as well. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Wow. Wow funny, because sometimes um, it, 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 that, that first passage, that first verse, 316, can be taken out of context as a way to condemn or, or try to force someone or whatever it may be when it's used the wrong way. But it always needs to be coupled with 317, for, which is the good news of God as well. God did not send His Son. He did not enter into our story in order to condemn the world, but to save the world, through him. He came to save us, not to condemn us. So no matter what experience, no matter what setback, no matter what discouragement that you have experienced in the past or you're experiencing in this season, the miracle and the hope of Christmas is that God always provides a way. He always makes an unexpected way. He does it every single time. He's done it before. He's doing it now. He'll do it again. The Christmas hope that we have is when we come to that point and we say, God, we can't do it, so you must do it. And he makes a way. He makes a way. God provides breakthroughs then, and he does it today. God provides miracles. Miracles are something that God does, and we can't explain them. No matter how long we stay here and we try to explain the Christmas message of God entering into the earth in through the form of a baby so that he would come, die, and rise again, that will never make full sense because God did it. It's a miracle. We can't explain it away. If we could explain it, then God didn't do it because that's not a miracle. God is in the business of miracles. We've heard testimonies here at Imago Church of miracles before. God doing things, God making a way where it seemed like there was none. We're praying into miracles in this time trusting that he can. Friends, brothers, sisters, I want you to hear the Christmas message with fresh ears and see it with fresh eyes. God always makes a way. He's done it before. He'll do it again and again. Part of hope means that There's been a time of waiting. There's been a time of anticipation. Some of us have hoped for things. Some of us have been waiting for things. And in this Christmas season, I want to encourage you, even us together as a community, as God is taking us into new seasons next year, we don't know what's going to happen, but we have hope. We have hope in him that he will make a way. He'll do it again. So, friends, brothers, sisters, younger, older, whatever season of life you're in, wait on the Lord. Hope in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. I know it feels like it's been a lifetime, and maybe you feel like you can't wait any longer. You've waited far too long. Hold on, hold on to Him. Change is on the way. Change is going to happen because God is on the move. That's the gift. That's the hope that we have in Christmas. This season of Advent is a season about preparation, not just performance. Yes, there'll be a lot of fun things during Christmas, a lot of nice lights, a lot of nice songs. Maybe we can even call them that, right? Nice performances. But this season is not just about performance. It's about preparation. Whatever our skill is in this life, we have gifted musicians, we have gifted uh, workers, business people, authors, teachers. Whatever our skill or discipline or passion or gifting is in this life, I've really come to learn that performance can sometimes be overrated. But preparation can be, at times, underrated. Because any performance is directly connected to preparation. To how well we prepare. Any, any final edit of something is after many edits, right? Which can be preparations. Preparation is what makes the way for the moment, for the performance. You know, I, I got to uh, experience this a couple of weeks ago where my uh, brother and sister, we'd been wanting for several weeks to, well, months actually, it's been very hard <laughs> since we've been grown ups to all get together and just do something fun. And so we were actually um, planning to go to this concert from an artist that we all liked when we were teenagers, and we were pretty excited it was gonna be down in LA in in the Greek theater. And um, as we were preparing to buy tickets, we just didn't for some reason, just because our schedules didn't align, but we were pretty bummed about it, only to hear that uh, in in the LA Times the day after that that same concert that we had uh, been um, planning to go to had actually been canceled. It had been canceled due to failure of preparation. The artist showed up on the day of, and he just performed maybe uh, three songs, and then after 30 minutes, he just canceled the show completely. And there was over 5,000 people just there outside in the Greek theater that had to go home and not get their money's worth. Why? Because he didn't feel adequately prepared. He actually said he was cold, which is a really lame, ultra-like diva reason to cancel a show. (laughs) But that's actually what he said, that he was cold, and he canceled the whole show. He failed to prepare. God gives us more time to prepare than to perform. So whatever it is that you're hoping for in this time, God's using the time of preparation God's using the time of waiting for greater purposes. Perhaps it's time that we learn to see God at work in all of the preparation of our lives. In all of the waiting, in all of what seems mundane or boring, God is at work. Whether with your work, whether with your family, you know, you may be a a parent whose most of your time is fully consumed with your children, or you have adult kids, or or, or, uh, coming of age kids, and you're wondering what is this season even all about, God is at work. In that time of preparation, in that time of frustration, in that time of awkwardness, God is at work. In the daily grind, in showing up even when you don't want to, in the chores, in the practices, God is at work in all of that preparation and preparation is holy. Preparation is good to God. That's where God does some of his best work in and through us. In seeing Christmas through a different lens in this time, I pray that we would come to understand that preparation is not just filler. Preparation is not just wasted time for the moment or for the performance, but preparation is where God does some of his greatest work in and through us. That's what Advent points to. Advent is a call to pause and prepare, to stop, look, and listen. What is God calling you to prepare for in this season? I want you to ask yourself that question. Pray about it this week. Write about it. What is God calling you to prepare for in this time, in this season? Maybe God's calling you to go to that next level you've been holding back for several years. It's time to go to that next level spiritually. It's time to go to that next level as a leader, as a discipler, to go to that next level in your own self-care. Remember, you need to steward your body and your mind. That's all part of the temple of God. It's time to go to that next level in your emotional health, in your church health, in your family health, to go to that next level in relationships. Stop just keeping everyone at a distance and keeping things superficial. It's time to go to that next season, maybe for you as an adult, as a young adult now adulting. Maybe God is preparing you to go to that next stage in your career, in your work, in your responsibilities. What is God preparing you for in this time? What is God calling you to hope for in this time? The Christmas season and this Christmas story, remember, it doesn't begin with performance. It doesn't begin with the moment where God just kind of uh, zaps things all into place all at once. No. No. It was years and years and generations and families and unexpected people and all kinds of folks in the margins and the backgrounds all preparing for what God was doing. People like you and me. Unexpected folks, ordinary folks, doing extraordinary things. So together, let's work to prepare for the coming of our King. That's what Christmas is about. That's what this Advent season is about. And remember, whatever you're working on right now, whatever you're preparing for, God is at work. Because your work is your witness. I want to repeat that. Your work is your witness. There's a reason why what you work on actually takes up most of your time. Our work takes up even more time than uh, most other areas of our lives because God wants to use that. Our work is also our witness. You may feel like it's just secondary work or something that you do just to pay the bills, but wherever you work or however you serve, all of that God can use for his purposes. All of our preparation for his glory and for his greater purposes. All kinds of work is holy in the sight of God. And I want us to remember that, especially in this teaching of Christmas lenses, seeing Christmas through a different lens, through a different eye. I want you to understand that whatever you're working on, whatever God is preparing you for, that is holy in the sight of God. You can give God glory through that work You can give God glory through your teaching. You can give God glory through your healthcare work. You can give God glory through selling houses. You can give God glory through counseling, through mentoring, all of it can be done for the glory of God. Through your business, through your ag work, through being a student, through discerning next steps, through looking into college, all of that can be for the glory of God. Invite Him into the waiting. Invite Him into the anticipation, into the preparation. All of those things can play a primary function in what God is up to in your life. Again, even things that we, that we announce every single week, right? Things like setup. We're going to be decorating for Christmas today. We invite you to take part in that in that time of joyful preparation and anticipation, it'll be fun, we'll do it here as a church family. Things like children's ministry, like media, communications, worship teams, coordinating, praying together, all of that can be done for the glory of God, all of that work, all of that preparation for the moment. Things that may seem like it's just background work, all of that serves a primary purpose in God's kingdom. God uses normal, ordinary people to accomplish His eternal purposes, His extraordinary purposes. God had a plan in place and He was using all of the pieces together to bring about something new, something that no one could have thought of or even imagined. God uses ordinary families like Joseph and Mary, like uh, Elizabeth and Zechariah even before them to prepare the way, to bring about something new, something beautiful. In this season of waiting, in this season of preparing, it may be a call to believe and trust God even without fully understanding. All of those that were preparing in the first Christmas, they trusted God and they took God at his word even though they didn't really understand what was going on. And I want you to be able to put yourself in that story even today. God is asking you to prepare, to hold on to hope, even if you don't understand everything going on. Even if you don't understand the purpose or the point, he's up to something. Our role in this time of preparation, in this time of hope, in this time of Advent, is to prepare our hearts for the coming of our Lord. God does some of his greatest work in what we feel is simply time of waiting and time of preparation. You know, I can, I can think about um, many ways that in my life where God has been up to something and I didn't even know it. God has pre- been preparing me for things that at the time as I was learning or as I was going through it, I had no idea what the purpose would be for only to see God show up, show off, and prove himself faithful time and time again. Sometimes our um, in our preparation, in our trusting God without knowing, it can call us to actually develop a holy strength, a next level strength. A holy strength is actually shown through honesty and vulnerability, through trusting in God when we don't know, through going without knowing. That's holy strength thinking you have it all figured out and you have the whole plan for your life there. You know, that comes and it goes and we all know that that can change just like that. After a snap, after a phone call, after a moment, but trusting God, going without knowing in all seasons, that's holy strength. That's honesty and vulnerability. That's crying out to God knowing that he hears you even when you think no one else does. He's developing a holy strength in you. All waiting and all preparation is for the all waiting and all preparation is for a purpose beyond what you and me can think of or imagine. I want you to remember that this Christmas. All waiting and all preparation in our lives is for a purpose beyond what we can think of or imagine. So again, friends, brothers, sisters, I invite you to think about that same question today and throughout this week and throughout this Christmas season. What is God preparing you for? What's he preparing you for in this time? In this Christmas, may we abide in the truth. May we trust even when we don't fully understand. May we wait. May we continue to wait. Even when we feel exhausted, even when we feel done in the waiting, God is at work, God is on the move. God is doing something even in those times and in those seasons when it seems like we're so tired of waiting, so tired of preparing. God is up to something. Remember, all of our waiting on the Lord is for greater purpose in the Lord. All of our waiting on the Lord is for greater purpose purpose in the Lord. Part of the message and the joy of Christmas is this. All of life is truly a gift. What? All of life is truly a gift because nothing is ever wasted for God. No amount of waiting, no amount of preparation, nothing is ever wasted for God. I actually got to read this yesterday in an article that uh, a friend of mine posted. He, he just put this, and, and I thought it, it really connected with what we're talking about here. Part of the message, uh, nothing is ever wasted for God, so never regret a day in your life. On good days, God gives you happiness. On bad days, God gives you experience. On worse days, God gives you lessons. And on the best days, God gives you memories. Nothing is ever wasted for God. All preparation has a purpose. All of our waiting points to a living hope. So friends, brothers, sisters, in this time of preparing for our King Jesus, May we be open to God's purposes in and through us. May we remember that part of the hope of Christmas is that nothing will be wasted for God. He's at work. What are you waiting for? What is God preparing you for? Whatever that is, may we have hope. God is at work. Our Lord Jesus is on the way to deliver. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you (laughs) that your ways aren't our ways. And for that, we're grateful, Lord. <laughs> we're grateful that, God, that life is not on our terms because what would we do with that, Lord? Thank you, Lord, that you are so patient with us. You are so kind with us, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, that you go beyond, above and beyond all of our expectations, Lord. And God, I just pray that in this time, Lord, this gift of Emmanuel, Lord, that you, God, would would just be the one, Lord, to just continue to show yourself strong. Prepare the way, Lord Jesus. May we be able to hold on to hope even in times and seasons of hopelessness. May we be able to see you at work in our waiting. Lord, help us in this time to celebrate that the Word became flesh. God, we pray that you would show your power in and through us, through holy strength God holy strength that comes through waiting on you even when we don't know what's going on holy strength that comes through trusting in you even when not everything is clear in front of us Lord God develop that holy strength in us in this Christmas season Lord we pray thank you Jesus we pray all, all, for all of those Lord that are sick we pray Lord for those that need you God, we pray for the families represented here in person and online, those traveling during Thanksgiving, Lord. Holy Spirit, continue to make your word flesh in us. And God, as we close out with this song of prayer and reflection, God, seeing how you used ordinary people like Mary, like Joseph, for extraordinary purposes, God. May we come to understand, Lord, that you are still that God. You are still that God, Lord, who makes a way, even where it seems like there is no way. You are the God of breakthroughs, of miracles, of hopes, of signs, of wonders, of joy, of peace. That's who you are, God. That's who we're waiting on in this season of Christmas. We love you, Lord, Father God, we love you.